Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Pod. I know I was gone for another week, but with good reason, and I am back and better than ever. I am just so happy to be able to proclaim right off the get-go that my apartment repairs are officially done. For those of you who are homeowners or you've been living on your own and you're a tenant, you just know the joy in everything getting fixed and no longer having to worry about things. Because as I touched on in past episodes of The Pod... I am just afraid of things getting pinned on me, (laughs) and so I report things very fast, and sometimes the repairs do not happen very fast, and because of the cumulative effect of all of the things that had to get done, it just took a while longer than expected. I think none of us expected some of these repairs to take as long as they did, but we are finally done, you guys, and the joy I feel is absolutely immense, so I know I've hinted in the past that things have been very chaotic in my household and that there was nothing to do save for taking days off because these things just had to get done. Let me give you the rundown. First thing that happens, roaches start coming out of my shower (laughs) just like randomly on a Saturday morning. Actually, it was a Friday night because I was about to brush my teeth, about to go to bed, and I walk into my bathroom and just chilling on my shower (laughs) was... I call them in Spanish vecinas invasoras, which is basically like invasive neighbors. And she was just chilling there. It was it a she? I don't know. But for the purpose of this podcast episode, let's just say that she was. And so she was just chilling there, just invading my bathroom. And then the next morning, I find another one. And then that same afternoon, I find two other ones. And listen, it was a very, very painful weekend for me because I am deadly afraid of them. And anybody who isn't, I commend you for your bravery and for your service because somebody has to not be afraid of them. I am not one of those people. And so that was like the first inkling of like, things are going to shit. Although I know a lot of people would like to call them omens of good luck. I did not feel very lucky in that instance. And so it turns out that not only had the wood splintered at the base of the tile, but also the concrete itself that was sealing that area just completely broke apart. And so they were sneaking in, which is actually kind of concerning if you think about it, because that means that they're just hiding in the structure of the building. And that idea, terrifies me. So we're moving on to the next thing. So that got fixed. Very live, laugh, and love. And then my second bathroom, which is technically the guest bathroom, the whole water line got inverted. And that was also very concerning because every single line of water, every faucet, instead of actually giving like cold room temperature water, it was actually pouring boiling water. The most concerning thing was the toilet because it's obviously porcelain. And so we had to shut down that entire bathroom just to make sure that nothing would explode or burst or do anything crazy. So my second bathroom wasn't functional. And while my second bathroom wasn't functional, then my main bathroom was leaking from the ceiling from the lamp and the thing was that it just wouldn't stop leaking so it was just a waterfall and obviously those kind of repairs that's a leak coming from the bathroom upstairs you kind of have to work in tandem with the person that lives above you in order to get that fixed and it was a tug of war in order to get that fixed sometimes we couldn't go well I couldn't because I'm not the one doing the job but for the actual contractors 
they couldn't go into the apartment because the tenant was not there. And so it was literally so chaotic to even pull that together in order for them to start working up there. And then once they actually thought they had found the leak and that the leak was fixed, it turns out that it wasn't. My ceiling was still leaking. It was only getting worse. My entire ceiling started getting stained. And it was just an absolute mess. So like neither of my bathrooms were working. And so then we had to fix the guest bathroom so that that could be functional while we could figure out my main bathroom's issue. And so that in and of itself took around 12 days to get done, which was absolutely fucking crazy. And then after that, my windows for a while now had been creaking, like literally making like these rupture noises, which... According to the diagnostic we got, apparently that's normal. It still scares the hell out of me, but they've been creaking and cracking for a while. And so they basically made an appointment so that they could come replace the entire silicone that is holding the window together, both on the outside of the apartment and on the inside. And so that was another thing that took two days altogether to get done. And then after that, also, the concrete on my living room tiles, like at the bottom, at the base of each tile, for a lot of areas was also kind of broken apart. So we had to literally allow people in. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> I had to let people into the apartment to fix that as well so that everything could be filled. And so that was my chronicle of home repairs, which took so much time. And it was very, very exhausting because it felt like I had people in and out of the apartment all the time. And as somebody who doesn't really like that, because also all of the repairs just give me anxiety, I was like, let it be over and so now after many days it is finally over and I cannot be happier also I am filming during the day so you are likely to hear cars and motorcycles and trucks go by because I live by a busy street so it's just what it is enjoy the ASMR if you can hear it and if you can't what a lucky people you are, because I most certainly can, and it's very, very loud. All that to say, welcome to this week's episode. <laughs> what an intro, what a start, but today we just have a chill, rambly life update episode. I am going to give you guys a rundown of many different things happening in my life, and sort of what's plaguing my brain at the moment. So today is literally the nature of the podcast. It is the essence of talk and talk, so welcome. This is kind of going to be like an ongoing thing every five episodes or so that we are going to do where I'm just giving you guys like continuous updates about what's going on. So I was very happy that the repairs were done. And as soon as the repairs were done, I got a sinus infection. <laughs> I still actually have a sinus infection, but things are progressively getting better. But it was actually a little bit scary. I'd never had a sinus infection before. I did suffer from ear infections when I was a kid, but I have not gotten sick in four years. So it happening all together was like such a shock, I think, because I'm so not used to it. Thank goodness I have a good immune system. However, it was a little bit scary because I was editing and my ear just started buzzing out of nowhere. Honestly, swear to everything in this universe, my first instinct was to think I had a bug in my ear or that I had 
an invasive neighbor in my ear. Can you tell the fear was so high with those that it literally was the first thing that came into my brain? And so I was like, damn, do I have a bug in my ear right now? That is disgusting. And I already have jaw issues. My jaw actually pops and locks. Call it Miley Cyrus because it surely does the hoedown throwdown, girl. So it is bad. Anyways, I have not gotten that checked. I need to. We're not about to talk about my ongoing fear of going to the doctor in this episode. However, it is a thing that plagues my brain half the time. And so I've I've been putting it off for a while. And so I couldn't quite pinpoint whether the pain that was going on that day was coming from my ear or my jaw or my nose. It was kind of like all encompassing. And then the next day it got even worse. I could hear all of my steps on my left ear. It almost felt like my eardrum was completely out of my ear. It was so odd. It was such a weird sensation. And so I called up my mom because that's what you do when you're scared. (laughs) And I called my mom and I was like, hey, do you think you can come to the doctor with me? Because I am scared. And so we went and he was like, well, girl, let me tell you, you have a sinus infection. Your ears are as clean as can be. However, your nose is not doing that great. And so I got meds for it and I have been taking those for these past few days, but my nose is a little bit stubborn. Every once in a while, it will get kind of like clogged up, which is not the prettiest thing to say. You know, it's kind of nasty. The back of my throat also uh, feels disgusting every once in a while. So really not living, laughing, or loving in that sense. But at the very least, the, the pain around my jaw and ear is better, which I most definitely appreciate because I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. That pain was absolutely intolerable. So for everybody who has ever gotten a sinus infection, I feel you, I feel for you, and I feel for myself because it truly honestly makes sleeping so hard sometimes. It really does flash me back to the ear infections when I was a kid where I really couldn't find like that position to sleep in. So like, it was extra uncomfortable. But thankfully, I-, I feel like we're almost done. I feel like we're almost there. We are making true and good progress with that. In other news, let me tell you about my current obsession, but also the thing I am most horrified at. It is actually quite alarming if I do say so myself. I started the new season of Love is Blind on Monday and I cannot tell if I love it or if I hate it. You know when they say that shows get worse progressively the more seasons you get? That is the truth of Love is Blind because have we proven that Love is Blind? The answer is fuck no. (laughs) However, this season I think the contestants most of them are on something. There are only two couples I am rooting for. For the sake of spoilers, I am not going to mention the names of the couples, though. I guess, is there really a way to spoil a reality TV show? Some would argue yes. I would say yes. I hate spoilers of any kind. Just know that one couple... One name starts with a B and the other one with a T. And then the other one is an M and a J. And I absolutely love those two couples. I am really, really rooting for them. And I hope that the experiment works out for them. However, I think it really is the audacity of some of these people on the show. I don't, I can't quite tell if some of these people just don't realize that the world is watching them and are watching all of the horrible shenanigans or if they're just being mean for the sake of being mean. But there's one specific couple, the the girly pop in particular. 
who I just think has not so good intentions towards other contestants. And the way that her interactions go definitely seem malicious. And I am glad she got called out for it because even though she claims that she would never do something malicious, it definitely kind of came across that way. It's very, very toxic behavior. And then the other girly pop, who these two people are friends, by the way, so you'll be able to tell right away who I'm talking about. The other girl really, I think it's probably the worst one, in, in my opinion, because she genuinely thinks that she is like morally superior in a way to her partner and the way that she speaks about her not liking her partner physically and her partner not being her... I guess her regular taste or her archetype of men that she would go with, it's kind of something you have to embrace in an experiment like this because you kind of have to know that to a degree, the person you're going to end up with is probably not going to look 100% like your regular type. And so not only has this person exclaimed how much they are not attracted physically to their partner, they have also outwardly said that when this person touches them, she gets the ick. And honestly speaking, I don't think I've ever seen anything this like outwardly, you know, exclaimed in the show. I think we've seen cases of gaslighting and manipulation in, in very various formats and ways, but nothing, I think, ever this explicitly with people just being like malicious and petty and very mean girly. And so it's been kind of like a shock to see that on my screen. So I can't tell if I'm like horrified or or if I'm like curious. I'm mostly just alarmed because these are people who all in all exclaim that they are ready for marriage. And honestly, it doesn't quite appear that way. But Literally, if I had to tier rank them in any way, I would say to each their own. However, I have started the newest season of Love is Blind. For anybody wondering, I love reality TV. It brings out both the best and worst in me. <laughs> it is not even a guilty pleasure. It is just a pleasure. I have such troubles with watching TV. Like, I just cannot get through a TV show to save my life. It's the exact same way with, like, a book series where I just cannot commit fully, if you know what I mean. I just really struggle to pull through to the end. And so TV shows are the same. I'll watch the first season. I'll watch the first few episodes. And then I just never really carry it out all the way to the final season, to the last episode. And it's a really bad habit. But honestly... I don't know. There's just something. Some of the series are really dragged out. Some of them are too short. I don't know. I feel like I haven't found the right series to watch at the moment, though I am thinking of watching The Glory, which is a new-ish K-drama. At least season two came out not so long ago, and I've been hearing some really, really great reviews on The Glory. The vibes, although the plot and the synopsis don't sound the same, the vibes kind of sound similar to Flower of Evil, which is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, I would argue it's actually my favorite K-drama ever. Definitely recommend if you guys are, are looking for like a good mystery thriller romance K-drama. It is so unlike anything I've ever watched K-drama wise because I tend to swing the more like romantic or like rom-com route. So I, I really love Flower of Evil and I think everybody needs that in their lives. I think everybody needs to watch it at least once. Moving on to other subjects, let's talk about Mel being everything everywhere all at once or rather reading everything all at once because I I know some people don't like having several reads going on at the same time. I am the type of person that if you give me five books to read at the same time, 
I will. And maybe again, it's the ADHD, ADHDing very strong. But I don't know, there's just something I really, really love about being able to pick up a book and read like a hundred pages of it and then getting acquainted with another story and then switching back to another story. I think my brain gets less tired that way and it's like properly stimulated in a way. And so I'm currently reading a lot of different things and I don't update my Goodreads like very often unless I've like actually started and finished a book. I also don't do Goodreads reviews because listen... I'm just lazy. I don't want to sit down and write a review. Am I a bad reviewer for saying that? Maybe I am, but I just like to put in the star rating and like call it a day. So let me just give you a rundown of what's happening over here on the Mallory's headquarters. First of all, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. I have been reading this book for such a long time. <laughs> But honestly, it's a good I've been reading it for a long time because I refuse for it to be over. I have reached a page count that I'm like happy with for, you know, progress's sake. However, I do need to make more progress in the book because I love every single second of the story. I love that the main focus of it is video gaming and how nostalgic that is for a lot of people. I I feel that the book is trying to convey the feeling of comfort very strongly and I feel it because in the same way that books are comforting for me and for some of you guys if not all of you guys video games are the same thing for a lot of you some of you a lot of people out there and so I love reading about that feeling but also about the different nuances to all of these characters it is a book that is giving you a little bit of everything. So not only do you get like the video game programming designing aspect of it all, which I think is so well written, but it also talks a lot about creativity, originality, and creation as a form of something that is, you know, ends up getting delivered on media. And I love that whole conversation around what it means to be creative when everything or seemingly everything has been done before. Where do you draw the line of creativity and where do you draw that line of originality, especially when a lot of work is inspired from other work, right? Like there has to be some sort of pull from other things in daily life in order for something to be made. And so where do you kind of cap that? And particularly the book kind of talks about all of these different nuances about also appropriation which I think is like such a an, an interesting and different topic to talk about because I've never really read about it I've seen it in media like being talked about you know in like Twitter and Instagram on YouTube but I've never seen it like properly addressed in the way that it's being addressed in the book and so it, it kind of talks about whether or not something could be considered appropriation or if rather it's just taking inspiration from what the world already looks like and where do you also draw that line between I'm just showing people how the world is like so colorful and beautiful and then I am just stealing from different cultures and putting that into my work when it might not be mine to touch necessarily so the book is absolutely incredible also the main characters have this really interesting dynamic that I don't think I've ever read about before in a book and I know some of you guys have also asked for this like kind of book wreck where 
the main characters are best friends. They've been best friends for a really, really long time. And there's this really deep understanding of each other and each other's like lives and histories that really unites them in a way that feels so vulnerable and intimate. But the line between them never gets crossed into something romantic. And that's exactly what Sadie and Sam are in this book. Parts of their dynamics feel so romantic, but it's because there's a lot of love between them, but it's never romantic. Like, it's wholly platonic, and I love that because, again, I don't think I've ever quite read a book like that, but the dynamics are truly, truly fascinating, and I have loved every single second of it. So, honestly, I need to just pull through and finish this book because I'm loving it so, so much, but I don't want it to be over. I do not want it to end. Also, another book I'm reading... Chain of Thorns. And listen, this one, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this one. I was super excited about Chain of Thorns. As you guys know, I have been a huge Cassandra Clare fan for such a long time. One of the series that really put me in like the throes of YA fantasy way back in the middle school days was actually the Shadowhunters Chronicles. And I have loved basically every single book, every single series, except for the Infernal Devices. If you guys want to know about which Shadowhunter series, I would not recommend. It's that one. It is boring. I don't like it. And I know it's a lot of people's favorites. It is not mine. I embrace that very proudly and very loudly. However, I have loved The Last Hours, which is Chain of Gold, Chain of Iron. Absolutely love these two books. It really comes in second. And in my first spot is The Dark Artifices. However, Chain of Thorns is really not living up to the expectation, you guys. And I am a little bit scared that the further I get into the book, I will not have loved it and I will not give it a high rating. So I, because of that fear, have kind of set it aside. It is interesting because it doesn't quite feel like it was written by Cassandra Clare in like a really weird way. I don't know if she's reached her limit with the Shadowhunters Chronicles. It very well might be the case. Maybe she's tired of writing it. She's been writing it for a really, really long time. And I genuinely don't know what to do in this situation because I have never quite experienced this with any Shadowhunter book. But it feels almost ghostwritten a little bit. Allegedly, I'm, I'm not saying that it is. <laughs> I really don't know what's happening with this one, but the characters are reading a little bit different. The dynamics are also reading a little bit different. And I am not generally into road trip stories, except that every single point of view in this book is a road trip. Every single one of these characters is in like a different road trip, a different kind of quest to fulfill and I don't love it. I am really not enjoying this storyline and I'm hoping that it gets better. But to be honest, I have no desire at the moment to pick it back up. I think I read like 80 something pages of the book, but really not gripping me. So I've kind of set that aside, picked up other things. One thing I started today, I am also finishing today, is Spy Family Volume 9. You guys know if you've been watching my channel for a while, one of my favorite manga series is Spy Family. I think it is a fantastic boost of serotonin. I think the storyline is phenomenal. We basically follow Twilight, who is a secret agent. He's like a spy. He's like the James Bond. And he has a mission to prevent a fatal war from happening in the country that the manga is taking place in and in order to do that he needs to construct his own little fake family kind of for show and so after some scouting he ends up finding a fake wife a fake daughter what he doesn't know much like they don't know that he is like a secret spy assassin situation 
He also doesn't know that his fake wife is actually an assassin and his fake daughter is actually a telepath. So it lends itself for some really hilarious moments and scenes and dynamics. I absolutely love every second of this. There are some volumes that are slower than others, but the ones that are action-packed are so good. Volume 9, which is the one I'm currently reading, and it's the latest installment that's been released in English. I am having the best time. So action-packed, so funny. And I think I was talking to one of my patrons about this just now, and we were talking about how essentially all of these people are so immensely smart. Obviously, the, the one who knows everything is the daughter because she is a telepath. But for both Yor and Twilight, respectively the assassin and the secret agent, they really are so oblivious despite being so insightful, intuitive, and smart. And it is the funniest thing to see. I am waiting for so many things to go down, not only for them to find out about each other, but also for them to get together because I feel like this deadly duo is going to be doing all of the things for me. I cannot wait. I also need to watch the anime because it came out last year and I have yet to watch that because I was not caught up with the volumes that were out as of that moment. And so now that I am all the way through to the latest volume, I really need to watch the anime and catch up with that and kind of relive some of the best moments. Also because volume 10 doesn't come out till October also found that out today. I was so excited. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna read volume nine and then I'm gonna get a new volume like in three months. No, I'm getting the next volume in October and I'm a little bit very, very salty. <laughs> I love how I contradict myself. I am very salty about this. I need a next volume now. But alas, I have to wait about seven months to get the next one. So it's, it's a very sad thing. However, I just have to wait. Tis the nature of things. And then last but not least, out of like my active current reads, I have Daughter of No Worlds by Carissa Broadbent. I had no idea that Carissa Broadbent was the same person that had written The Serpent and the Wings of Night. Not a book I've read. However, a book that has been making the rounds everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. A book that I've gotten recommended to me so many times because apparently it has a vampire in it and like it's a very prominent part of the story don't quote me on that I haven't read it however I do want to buy it especially after reading Daughter of No Worlds listen I'm not done with it let me not lie but as I am reading Daughter of No Worlds I definitely want more Carissa Broadbent stories because it, it really does remind me of the love I have for fantasy. For the past few months I would argue year and a half let me not say a few months for the past year and a half <clears throat> I have been really finding it difficult to pick up fantasy books. I either find them immensely intimidating, which is something I've never really found myself thinking in the past, or they just don't really look appealing to me in comparison to literary fiction or that's it. Because <laughs> I feel like I've been reading so much literary fiction. And you know, I do feel like in ways my taste is changing. However, I don't ever want to lose the love I have for fantasy books because that's what first introduced me to reading. And so I don't ever want to lose that. I think the thought of it is, is mildly terrifying to me for some reason. And this book just reminds me of that love, of that passion, of that easiness to read almost. Like I, to me... A really great fantasy book is, yes, one that you can dissect and you can kind of take apart all of the thematic statements and, and the book says a lot. But also, I think there's there's huge value in those fantasy books that allow you to just turn off the brain, just like dial it down. And it is no thoughts, 
all the book. Like it's just not even no thoughts had empty, just no thoughts, all of the book. You're just thinking about the book. You don't need to think about anything else. You don't want to theorize. You kind of just want to walk hand in hand with the main character or the main characters and find out things as they are finding them out, to learn about the world as they are finding out about the world. And that is exactly what Daughter of No Worlds is. And it has been at least so far with 112 pages read, it has been such a fun ride to read about Tasana, to read about Max. I love that the love interest is a trainer, first of all. I know it's not a dynamic everybody's gonna love, but I love the trainer-trainee romance. It really reminds me of Bucky Barnes at its finest. And you know what? Am I going to picture Sebastian Stan? Maybe. I'm kind of battling right now. I'm like, do I picture Sebastian Stan or do I picture Tom Hiddleston? Haven't quite made a choice there. However, it is like tortured war hero who is very reluctant to help the main character with the training process because he really doesn't believe in the establishment itself. However, even though he is reluctant, he is trying to like grasp on and hold on to, you know, kind of shreds of hope. And she gives a lot of that to him. And so even though he might not necessarily want to do it. He does help her train. He also lives in like his own little cozy house and he has a flower garden and I love it so much. Even though it is kind of like higher fantasy, it does have like a cozy aspect to it or at least the part where I'm at right now, it's reading very cozy. And so I love, I guess like all of the different facets to the book. It's been such a cool ride to be on. And it was so easy to read it. I literally binge read 111 pages basically in a single go. And that is not something that I have been finding easy to do as of like the past year and a half. And so whenever I get those books where it's easy to like sit down, shut off my brain and just read... Oh my god, you guys, it really is priceless. And I want to find more books like that. I want to find more books that are just easy to get lost in, which is why I think reading slow this year has been everything for me because it allows me to like intentionally pick up books and mood read a lot. And so I'm kind of going off intuition, like what vibes are vibing at the moment. And that's kind of how I've been picking up books. Also, all of my reading projects so far or at least the one I, I did quite recently and the one I'm working on right now, which are the only th the only two I have to go off on right now because we, we only have those two to work with. Uh, but the one I'm working on right now and the one previous, I think both of those videos were really good ways to utilize my mood reading style to pick up books that I just felt like reading in the moment and allow that to work for me so that I don't work for that, which is something that I've been doing for such a long time is I have been working for the video. I have been working the reading for the video, but I haven't been working the reading for me, haven't been working the video for me. And so now like switching that mindset and taking it slow, making like very intentional choices I I can feel like the the it's slowly but I can feel those those little tendrils of like hope and love for reading coming back and it is honestly such a joy to feel that because I feel like I am re-falling in love with reading as I am redefining what reading is 
is for me and how it fits into my life and it has been such a cool ride it definitely can be frustrating at times I'm not going to lie are there times where I want to go faster yes are there times where I want to run a fucking marathon and just finish the book in one go yes have there been times where I have struggled with listening to the book on one time speed on audio absolutely but I think ultimately reminding myself of why I'm doing it the way I am right now has been a really cool tool to kind of keep myself in line you know and just kind of tap the hand and go Mel this is why we're doing it don't rush it I know you kind of feel like doing it but it's only going to make it worse and truly it has been a ride to enjoy and so I don't want to lose this feeling I kind of want to keep it going kind of want to propel it forward I think I am just like redefining everything honestly and and that's why I feel like this year I have been taking things so slow because I have been trying to refit all of these different parts of my life back into my life from you know working my eating disorder and kind of changing all of these different mindsets and re-falling in love with cooking so that I can cook at home and really take care of my body and, and really take care of what I am putting into my body and how I'm nourishing my body all the way to which types of movement and exercise I like for my body and how I want to reintroduce that into my life and then also content creation which I think was my main thing to figure out for such a long time I was utilizing my work and making videos and editing and re- as a tool to not deal with my bad mental health, as a tool to not deal with an ongoing eating disorder, as a tool to not think about what was going on in my daily life. It was really an evasion tactic for me. And so this year is finally when I kind of try to and I I still you know I'm, I'm working on it as I'm putting like a hard stop to all of those things and reminding myself that I do need the time sometimes to sit down sit with my feelings feel my feelings and then heal those or or work on healing them and then move on to that next thing and then actually get the work done and so it's been such a change of pace because I think I was I was so used to being on all the time to always be reading to always be filming to always be editing and and I think it it was so far into the mindset of I was thinking of all of the things I had to do and by getting stressed through that thinking I ended up doing nothing at all and if I did end up doing something it was something that was more harmful to me my body and my mental health than it was anything of benefit and so I think the that's part of the reason, if not the entire reason, why I've been taking things so slow this year. And I think part of it is also just like full of fear. I am so fearful of redoing, retaking, restarting all of these habits and kind of refalling onto all of these really bad patterns that were really harmful for me. And stepping into that mindset again to the point where I can't really get out of it. And so I know that taking it slow, although at times can be very frustrating. And and at times I've kind of wondered how frustrating it also is for you guys with sometimes not getting videos, sometimes not getting a podcast episode. I, I know that it is the right decision to be made because I know long term it is going to be so much better than any alternative I could potentially currently choose. And so... 
it's been good, even though at times it can be frustrating, I think, on both ends, both on the audience and creator side. I think the, the personnel like behind the camera is starting to feel better and better as the days go on. And I think that in and of itself makes me so happy because the truth is, although there are still many things to work through and I, and I you know, I'm still in therapy and I'm doing so much work just personally to kind of heal all of these different wounds and to heal my relationship with my body and with food. I have never felt in, in recent years this good in my body and in my mind. And there are rough patches, there are darker patches, but I, I recently saw this Instagram post by by a very, uh, a very beautiful person that I respect. It's somebody I went to school with and now they're a manifestation coach. And she was talking about how sometimes when you are kind of healing and working through a lot of inner stuff, so to call it, it incidentally just makes you walk into this like dark tunnel that can feel so helpless sometimes and where it really doesn't seem like there's a way out. But just know that while you are in that dark tunnel, in that dark spot, in that really rough time in your life, just know that it happens so that it can get better. And it happens because you are getting closer and closer to where you want to be and where you are headed. And she kind of mentioned it. And listen, it might be like wishy-washy for some people, but I think it was a really nice confirmation to kind of where I'm at. And she had basically said that if that is happening, it is because you are getting closer and closer to that and that you are doing things right. And sometimes, you know, you, it needs to get worse so that it can get better. And so when, when I get to those darker spots mentally, I'm like, you know what? It's all good. It has a purpose. We're getting there. Like the road may be long, but we have our eyesight onto that destination and we're going to get there. So again, Taking it slow has been good to be able to process all of that and, and give kind of everything its own little time. So it's been so, so good. And I have loved every single second of that as well. And with that, and as part of like the, the healing journey, I guess we can call it, I am traveling for the first time in four years, which I have worked so hard to be able to do because I have been saving up. <laughs> I'm like, I have a travel fund going and I'm like, I just like want to travel so bad. And I've been saying that for years. And and I finally have made it happen. I have bought tickets. I am going out to Miami very soon, which is very, very exciting. I still have not worked out quite well, quite thoroughly exactly what it is that I am doing in its entirety. But I want to sit down this weekend and like properly plan what I'm doing like day by day. I don't know if any of you guys are the same. I like to have an itinerary, even though there are some more like spontaneous parts of the trip. I just want to make sure I have some level of structure. And so I definitely want to kind of plan out the things that I'm doing and where I'm going and, and those areas that I do want to explore and the things I do want to do. But I am so excited and I feel like it's going to kind of further help me to get out of, you know, like my house, my country and just kind of get maybe like new perspectives, some fresh air, go to a Barnes and Noble and like do that for the first time in ages and bring you guys some content that it's going to be like super exciting because like I obviously don't live in the States and there are loads of things that I can't really do here in Panama that people, creators from the US can. And so I am very happy to, to bring you guys some of that even for just a little bit. I think it's going to be um, 
super super exciting and, and I I don't know it in a, in a wishy-washy way as well <laughs> it kind of um feels like a like a necessary part to the healing to be able to further connect these parts of me that I feel so disconnected to and I am very excited about this trip and about hopefully everything that it's going to bring my way. So I cannot wait to go. I am terrified of stepping on a plane again. I have never had a fear of flying. Let me tell you, I literally fall asleep on the takeoff. I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> I am terrified. I don't know. I feel like it's been so long that I'm like, ah, <laughs> what's going to happen? But honestly, I know that that once I'm there, it's going to, to get progressively more excited. So I will most certainly keep you guys updated. And if you have any wrecks, literally just send me a DM. I would love to know what to do over there if there are any wrecks you guys have. Because while I know about some spots, I, I would love to know about more and and kind of where to go where to visit and what to discover that I have potentially not done yet and yeah that's kind of all I have for you guys today I hope you liked this more rambly episode I typically structure and script out my episode so that I know kind of where I'm going and this one I just kind of let loose and just rambled for a while so I hope that you guys enjoyed this one don't forget to follow the pod if you haven't already both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify you can find me over on YouTube at YouTube youtube.com slash malreads and on patreon if you want to support both the pod and the channel further over on patreon.com slash malreads and yeah i love you all so much i hope you're having a beautiful day afternoon or night wherever you are and i will catch you on the next one goodbye <laughs>